0: This episode of the Knicks Film School podcast is brought to you by our new sponsor, Oakley. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not just the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com for more information today.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to KFS Study Hall. I'm trying to bring my co-host up here, Mr. Chris. Christopher Yian. Um, he should be up here in a second. Let's try to There he is. Um I'm mean, gonna tell everybody right now, Andrew Claudio is gonna be a little bit mad at me because after agreeing to host this space at 3 p.m. Eastern, I was told that I have to watch my son play outside with his new uh, sprinkler pad, whatever. So there may be some background noise in and out. So, Andrew, I apologize in advance. Chris Percianian, happy Memorial Day weekend. How the hell are you?
2: What's going on, man? Happy MDW. It's not even really a long weekend to me because it's just summer um, as a student. So I don't even know. what I could not tell you what day of the week it is right now. And so, um, yeah, that's where I'm at. <laughs> WFUV Sports, been busy the last couple days, been back and forth between the Bronx and Jersey, but the one constant, wherever I am, I'm watching the NBA playoffs if they're on. Denver, Los Angeles, one hell of a series. And, and let me tell you, I had fun watching every single one of those games, all four of them. Now, is it a thing to talk about that there were only four? Yes, but all four were still fun. It was not a complete dismantling and for that I uh I appreciate this NBA playoffs. I think every single round has been majority really entertaining series. Like even the first. And and I say that to say that there are going to be years where you get the Bucks the first seed and the Bulls the eighth seed and they win in 4 and no one tunes into any of them and it's just overall a wash and a waste. Um, but I've enjoyed pretty much every series. You you want to talk the first round, Knicks, Cavs, Kings, Warriors. You want to talk Suns, Nuggets in that second round. I, I mean, just so many great uh, Knicks. Heat was really good basketball, too. Um, regardless of the audience's thoughts on the result. Um, But listen, I I just think that this NBA playoffs has been fantastic. I am grateful to be a basketball fan. I'm grateful to be able to watch these games. I'm having one hell of a time. And you know what? Side note, Succession, Barry, and Dave all having new episodes every week during this NBA playoffs. My Mets turning it around during this NBA playoffs. I'm having one hell of a time. So a great start to the
1: summer for me, Mr. Sean, how about you? Great start for the summer as well. Um, to your point, the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the Denver Nuggets did not dismantle the Los Angeles Lakers. So even though it was a sweep, they were all competitive games. Um, you're going to spare yourself. Okay. All right. Just sit here. I'm going to, I'm going to set this up thing for you. Anyway. Okay. Um, so yeah, so that was that wasn't a that wasn't a complete and total dismantling. Um so that was fine. Um well listen, first of all, I want to say I I I remember the days when I did not know what day of the week it was, and those days are long since past. Um so I envy you. Um and I just tell you to enjoy your salad days while you can. You don't know it you don't know what that is, look it up on the internet. But listen, we're here to talk about last night. <laughs> and I feel like every Knicks fan. Is the Larry David meme? Oh, some 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 Knicks fans have their uh, they have the they have drawn their lines of the sense. Some Knicks fans are like Boston, never Boston, never ever 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 ever. Some Knicks fans are never Miami, never ever 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 ever. Um, and then you have people like me who, obviously, I lean more towards that he could go jump to jump off the press in Boston, um. I'm kind of the Larry David me because there's going to be chaos. There's going to be tears. someone going to cry tomorrow. Palestinian chicken, Larry David. Yes, yes that Larry David. <laughs> um, so. so uh, with that being said, I mean, listen, actually, you no, know let's, 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 let's bring up the callers. So, Chris, I'll throw it to you. Tell me how you feel about this, about the seri- this series we've seen, and then what do you want to happen tomorrow? And then we'll go to Kevin Danishevsky.
2: Yeah, so um, I watched the – that's crazy that I'm now over 21, so I can disclose where I, like, watch these games. I was at a bar in Hoboken, and I was watching this game. A lot of Miami fans in that bar, and I got to say that was really fun. Um, to watch the cheers at the free throws turn to dead silence. Um, but man, I, I, I thought that was one of the, the most fun, dramatic games I've ever seen. And I want to say that I've said that like three times this playoffs. So I, I love these NBA playoffs this year. and And for me, with this game last night, it was really the theme of the playoffs to me. Like I went on WFUV sports, basketball pod, the before the sun's nuggets series. And I said, the nuggets would win. Cause despite the superstars in Phoenix, the depth is really what matters. And everyone was like, but Kevin Durant, I was like, okay. <laughs> um, you know, I just think that you have depth as the clear X factor in these NBA playoffs. Depth has been the X factor. Um, The league knows it's a stars league, right? The ticket to entry for the conference finals was having a top seven or eight player, Tatum, Butler, Jogic, pick one of James or Davis, right? Like I I just think you saw the ticket to entry, but every single one of these teams in the conference finals doesn't just have the star power at the top. They have legit depth. All four teams. The Lakers had legit depth. And they had no depth before the deadline. Palinka got them some depth, and that was enough. And I just think you're you're always trying to evaluate what the meta is, right? What the secret weapon is in the league. Um, No matter how good of a team you had a couple years back, it was always the stars that would win out. And we'd say, it's a stars league, and this and this. I think right now it's a benches league. I think right now... The parody with the stars is at a point where the real edge is in how many you guys you have coming off the pine that can give you 25 and so when you see a team like Miami hang in there because of their depth, despite their stars, Adebayo and Butler had you know what all over their legs all game long, I just it's pretty bad, you know like how do you defend? That star performance. Well, you don't have to because Gabe Vincent, Duncan Robinson, all these other guys had those guys covered. And I, and I just think that you see Derek White make that play. And, and you can't be too surprised. He is great. I remember uh, Schwinn of the Strickland a couple years back when the Knicks had the eighth pick in the draft with which they selected Obi Toppin, proposed a trade where the Knicks used the eighth pick to get Derek White. And people lost their damn minds. I mean, can you imagine that guy on a, on a TIPS team? Like, what? You know, I, I just think that um, these unsung heroes, it's time to turn the speakers up to 10 and sing their praises. Gabe Vincent, Derek White, Bruce Brown, Contavious Caldwell Pope. Uh, I don't need to say Austin Reeves because he got maybe too much coverage, but (laughs) proportionate to his contribution. But I just do think these guys are really important. And um, Jackson Frank just had a tweet. Derek, I'll put it... Actually, let me put it up on the Jumbotron for y'all. Derek White averaging 13, 3, 2, and 1 on 68% true shooting in the playoffs. He's guarded Trey, Tyrese, Jimmy, and given them all issues. I just... That stuff is awesome, you know? So, yeah, it's a Stars League, this, that, the third, whatever. who we is it a Bruce Brown league right now? It is, it is the time of Contavious Caldwell Pope. It is the time of Aaron Gordon. Um, it's the time of, of smart white, right? Like, I, I think I had – okay, it was after they Boston won the first game. After it was 3-1, I said – um, that they were gonna probably fizzle out, but at the, when when three two happened, when three two happened, I uh, I said Boston would would do it, that they'd pull it off, um, and I'm gonna stick with that now that it's three three. So I've got Boston, um, and and honestly, you know I'm not gonna ever tell Nick fans what they should or should not think. I'll always provide logic. Um, to make certain viewpoints seem as silly as I think they are or sound as smart as I think they are. If you're a Knicks fan, I get the whole New York-Boston thing, right? But we're in an NBA today where that's kind of (laughs) dead. Those rivalries are kind of dead. And yes, the Knicks and the Celtics fans hate each other because of other reasons, but Since 2013, when the Knicks beat the Celtics' geriatric home in the first round, those teams have never significantly met up, right? Just some fun regular season games. I just think that if you're a Knicks fan, it would make most sense to me if you were rooting for the following timeline of events to happen. Event number one. The Miami Heat become the first team ever to blow a 3-nothing lead. You can say, "Oh, they finally showed the world who they were." Uh, the Knicks are avenged, all right? There's event number 1, event number 2. Um, Jimmy embarrassed. He's smiling, he's fine, he doesn't care. Well, should now. He just lost historically. That's 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 event number two. Event number three, the Celtics advance to the finals where they meet their fate in the form of a very large fat white man who pummels them into the ground. Now, not saying that all three of those things will happen. I I just think that if Boston pulled off the comeback from three nothing and couldn't brag about it because they lost in the finals, that's a great outcome for Knicks fans if you're adding the the you know if that's the whipped cream and the cherry the cake is that the team that beat you is now gone the guy that beat you that y- your team swore they were gonna be beat by so bad that they actually just let everyone else beat them, <laughs> um and Jimmy Butler a smiling Jimmy you know he's done, um and then you get you get to see a Western team win a chip as opposed to any of the teams that were in your conference I just that to me makes the most sense. As a sequence of events for Nick fans to root for, the downfall historically of Miami, followed by the letdown fall of Boston in the finals, I, it, it makes like too much sense. So I, you know, there are people screaming from the rooftops. Oh, if you're a real Nick fan, you're you're rooting for Miami. Because we hate Boston. I'm like, do you know what happened to the Knicks in this year's playoffs? Like, are you so focused on a baseball game from before I was born that, you, that you're that you going to forget who knocked you out? Really? I, it's, it's immature to me. I don't know. That's That's my stance. My very mature stance is exact revenge from the couch, right? Be vengeful. Be petty. Lean into it. I don't know. It's sports. Have some fun. That that would be the timeline of events that I I would think Nick fans would would prioritize.
1: You know, you know something, Chris. I just realized because we've been discussing this in the um, the KFS faculty chat, and you've been on you and you have maintained that you know you one should root for uh, Miami to uh, one should root for Boston to advance. I did not realize that you were not alive for the 2004 ALCS. I was two, Now this makes all I sense two, to the world.
2: I was two years old. <laughs> the before I was born was for dramatic effect. I was at least learning how to read. All right. I was like doing math in my head. I was like,
1: hey, "Wait a minute, is he kind of right?" Um, <laughs> no. Um. <laughs> so yeah, yes. Two year
2: old KP, not very affected
1: by that series. Okay. Um. Let's see if. Uh, well, I know Kevin Denishevsky was not affected by a series because he roots for the other team in New York, and he probably was secretly happy that it happened because, as I've got to know Kevin, I think he's that page. But like Kevin, I'd love to hear your stance on this Boston Miami series and what you want to see as a Knicks fan and anything else you want to share. Anyone else who wants to come up, please come to the stage. Raise your hand. We'll bring you up. Shout out C T Pittman, Doug B, Robert Cross, Brian Jaden, Pastor Claudios, Obih. Well, no, Pastor Claudio, yeah, I'm not reading, I'm not reading your name. Pastor Claudio. I'm not reading it. Sierra, L. Matthew, and legit Legitzingus. That's a great one. N.J., thank you for coming up. Thank, thank you for being here. Good afternoon. Kevin DeFloys.
4: Yeah, so actually, I was a Yankee fan when I was very young. And I remember being a 3-0 in the series and taunting the one Red Sox fan in my class. And suffice to
1: say... Yeah, speak a out. little bit closer to the mic. You're kind of hard to hear. Can you, can you hear me now? I'm on a train, so I want to be a little oh, quiet. okay. Um, we'll, we'll deal. Uh, and Andrew will yell at you later. But go ahead.
4: Yes, Andrew always yells. Uh, uh, yell at Andrew for his um, for love, for loving car for Carmel Anthony, one series and uh, not and disrespecting Matt Harvey, who pitched in Game 5. Eight innings in a game five uh in, in the playoffs so so just a little bit of vengeance um vengeance for matt harvey um as in it was my poor audio quality but uh yeah so uh that was a lesson in humility um later I kind of drifted from baseball and then I became and then when I came, I came back to baseball became a Met fan um and yeah uh but anyway um I actually don't I wanted to, to, to go first and get off a quick take because I did not watch... I've been in Washington, D.C. with someone who is not a basketball fan, so I have not gotten the chance to watch the last couple of games. Um, we had a we did get to a couple of baseball games out here. We went out to a Nationals game, Orioles game, uh Camden Yards best fan experience uh, out there. But I will share a story from last night as to why I am upset. So, his girlfriend um knows absolutely nothing about sports, um, and she was with us last night, and she and and I turned on I looked at the Miami game and I was like, "Oh no, Boston! Boston just won by one. It's going to be three three. Boston's going to win this this series." And she's like, "Well, you we just let them win one." And then I had to spend ten minutes explaining to her. We both did, yeah, we both had to, even though he's not a basketball fan, how ridiculous that statement was. So I look, um screw Miami, screw the screw the fans down there, screw Ron DeSantis. But I wanna see Boston lose more more than I wanna see um, my more than I wanna see Miami lose. And yes it would be epically hilarious, but it would also I think they're as someone who Views the next season very positively. It would also be a slight damper. Um, not not really, but but uh, quite a slight damper on the season. As so far as, um, you know, maybe uh, the people who that really think that we think that we would have would have rolled the Celtics and we would have, you know, and we really should have and we really should have really beat Miami um and uh, wrong maybe like the fact that like oh my is playing really well that sort of validates losing to them is uh, a little bit less loud now um but yeah just wanted to get off that take and uh hope all is well with y'all
2: thanks for the well wishes kev appreciate you coming up as always and uh being one of our loyal listeners here on study hall we love you guys so thank you even from public transportation Kevin okay. is committed.
1: I appreciate it. Kevin D knows how to pop out. So much respect, man. Question. Uh, oh, before we get to Doug, I'm going to say this. I'm going to give a little confession. I actually fell asleep in the second half of the game. I actually fell asleep of, like three minutes into the third. Wash King, year 20. Well, Wash King and um, and, um, I, and tequila, boo- boozy brunch tequila all day, thing uh that you know all right so. that'll d- that'll do it I'm surprised you lasted that long in that case. <laughs> uh so I fell asleep and I woke up and I was watching on a Discord with my man uh that gifted X Blade host uh, shout out to him. He's a great follow on Twitter. He's really committed um like he does film breakdowns and everything. So they had a Discord watch party so I was watching it there on my iPad. Fell asleep woke up and the screen was on the screen the on the screen was Boston, Miami one oh three, Boston 102, three seconds left. It's just frozen. And I looked at time, I'm like, oh, the game must end it. So I went and I went to ESPN.com and I saw how it ended. I was like, You gotta be fucking kidding me. That's in that's insane. All this well, let me not steal any of uh Doug's thunder. Doug, look I'll get to you because I think you
5: might say the same thing. I'm gonna say, but welcome to the stage, Doug. Appreciate you. How you doing? What's up, fellas? Thank you, Chris and Sean, for having me. I see the boss, Robert Cross, CT Pittman, Vin, all the family here, Pastor. Uh, I had very strong emotions throughout this game. If anybody was watching me live tweet my psychosis onto the timeline, uh, I I feel a few different ways about this series. First of all, the Knicks haven't competed directly with the Boston Celtics, at least for a, a title contention since the seventies. So I think the idea that we should have some kind of beef with the Celtics as a franchise, uh, I mean, aside from, you know, honey nut Cheerios and a few incidents over the years, I don't, uh, to be honest with you, I don't really hate, I don't really hold as much hate in my heart for them nearly as much as I do for the Miami heat. Like the sight of their jerseys makes my skin crawl. I feel it up my spine. I think about Pat Riley I think about Mike Bloomberg's commercial to try to get LeBron James to sign here. I think about Alonzo Mourning and Jeff Van Gundy. I think about all these things that make me really sick. Uh, and and not only do those that does that history come with me whenever I watch the Knicks play the Heat. Whenever I watch the Heat succeed in the playoffs, uh, this year's Miami Heat team, in my opinion, plays maybe the ugliest most shameless brands of basketball i've ever watched like, uh, kyle lowry his whole game is is grabbing onto people where they're injured and then falling over and trying to get a, a call miami goes into a mode in the third quarter where bam out of bio just starts falling over that's like that's the game plan is we're going into the stage of the game where bam falls on his ass and that's what we're doing now. uh and, and i i respect them for coming this far i really do but for the sake of the game that I love and for the sake of my deep, deep loathing for all things Miami Heat, I think chris, chris the path that Chris described to the end of the season is exactly the path that I hope for. Because I think Denver plays an extremely, extremely elite brand of basketball. And and I, I don't know what it says about, about God, about fate, about the world, if Miami somehow with that ugly roster that they have with that cheap foul merchant brand of basketball that they play. If they manage to win a championship and with the overhype surrounding Jimmy Butler, I mean, was he atrocious last night? I mean, okay. He put together three, maybe four really nice sequences in the clutch. And I'll give him that. And the whole narrative had Derek White not pull off an extreme miracle was going to be how amazing Jimmy Butler was for shooting three of 19 for the first three and seven-eighths quarters of this game and putting together a few plays. He sold the game for the Miami Heat, bro. Like, they, if he had a representative game whatsoever, they would have won by 10. So uh, this team is overhyped. They disgust me, and I was thrilled to watch them lose last night. And to be honest with you, I like guys like Derek White. I really like Jalen Brown. They're players I, – I like Al Horford. There's players on the Celtics team that I'm, I'm, you know, a fan of on an individual level. So, Chris, I completely agree with you. That's the path that I want to see happen. Thank you guys.
2: Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate you coming up. Um, and appreciate your energy on the timeline always. So thanks for popping out. Cool to have you, dude.
1: Sean. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Um, <laughs> well, I'm doing too much as usual. Um, respect. So the funny thing, so the funny thing is no, not too right here, buddy. So the funny thing is, um, Doug hit on a good point. Like, and I've and I've always said this like the the the, the Celtics and the Knicks have never been good at the same time. My like basketball watching life, um, I mean the, the, besides like twenty like you said it's twenty thirteen we put them up like they've never been really good. So like I hate Boston. Like my hatred of Boston comes from the Yankees. But like as when it comes to the Celtics, I don't have the hatred for the Celtics as I do for um the heat and the same thing for the seven same thing for the Sixers. like i don't hate the sixers because again you want to ball two teams that have never been good at the same time the sixers and the knicks um so i, I i've i have I've come, I've come i've come i've been coming around to the zach no, give me a minute zach i've come around to the idea of boston wins completes the comeback Jokic. Punches them in the face in six games, and then they can't brag about it because if the cell, if the all if four the Red Sox didn't win the World Series, they could not brag about three nothing. So I'm with you. All right, let's go to Jaden. Jaden's on stage. Thank you. Um, thank you very much for your uh for joining us on this Memorial Day weekend of floor shows. And as soon as I said that, he went back down. Oh, great. Um, yeah. So well. Okay. Wait a minute. Here he goes. He's coming. He's coming back. Uh. There it is.
6: What up, there he is. What up, Jaden? What's going on, man? Hold on. It's it's. I'm trying to figure it out. I've never. I've
1: never oh, on- right, we can, we can hear you now. We can hear you now.
6: You good? Yeah, I've never been on a on a space before, so I'm trying to figure it out. Um, That's the debut, then. Yeah, what's going on, what's man? Up? What's up, Chris? What's up, Sean? What's up, the rest of the listeners? Uh, I missed the first part, so I don't know what's been said. Um, but I can say one. I agree with. Was it Doug? Yeah, I agree with Doug. Definitely on the, the foul merchant stuff, um, even though I'm a the, the resident Harden fan in the Knicks community. Um, uh, but I, I do agree. The, the ugly basketball, I don't want to see it succeed. Um, but I, I think as... Like, I, I think a lot of people would feel better if Miami won um, because, you know, we lost to somebody who made the finals, right? Um, but I, I don't think miami should make the finals I mean, we've we've all talked about their ugly roster and the players that they have and the talent and all of that um but I, I think when it comes to uh the knicks related stuff um i don't think the front office would ever think this way uh they're too smart for it but i know a lot of people would be like well we lost to a finals team so we're good just roll out again same roster we had don't make a lot of changes um, rather than seeing the internal kind of um, changes that, that should be made because we could have beat this Miami team um, and, and to not be complacent with uh, just being okay because they're a finals team when they shouldn't be. Those are just my two cents. That's it.
2: Yeah, absolutely, man. I I, I hear you. Um, I, I think a lot of the frustration with Miami um, is reasonable. I also think at a certain point, um, you got to hate the game and, and not the player. And and when, when Miami has played this way for so long, I mean, I can find you right now. It'll take me like a minute, so I won't do it because I'm a lazy piece of you know what. But it, if you gave me like a minute, I could 100% find you a clip of an illegal screen from Bam Adebayo from 2021 and someone complaining about it and someone, you know, showing that it's an illegal screen and whatever it is, like, this has been going on for years, right? And it's still going on because it's able to go on. This is not something where, like, the Heat started playing like this in the postseason and the league hasn't caught on. This isn't something where the Heat started playing like this this year and the league hasn't caught on. Now we're in the postseason, so people are noticing. Uh, This has been a thing for years, plural. And the reason I highlight that is because if you were a basketball player making 25 plus million dollars a year, like Adebayo and Lowry do, You cared about winning like they seem to over in Miami. And you were allowed to openly cheat except only the fans whined about it and the league actually rarely ever punished you for it. And it directly resulted in you doing better in games than without doing it. And you do it for years and nothing happens except now the occasional illegal screen call because – it's gotten bad. And like, I, I would do it. I'm going to go ahead and say everyone listening would too.
0: Not every billionaire has the stamina, the dedication, or the fire to become the most unpopular owner in sports. But not everyone is James Dolan, the owner of the New York Knicks. This is Reign of Error. A new podcast series that gives you a courtside seat for the controversies, scandals, and drama that seems to follow the infamous billionaire. Track Dolan's rise from aspiring musician to the throne of one of the most beloved franchises in sports. Along the way, he'll battle his own players, fans, celebrities, the New York media, politicians, even the Girl Scouts. Reign of Error unpacks the outlandish story over five riveting episodes, detailing how Dolan became a lightning rod of criticism in his quest to outdo his billionaire father while also asking the six billion dollar question why doesn't he just sell the team check out reign of error wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free on the amazon music or wondery app What's up, Knicks fans? Super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Express your style and build a look that's made just for you. Oakley's changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, train, or just want to look like your favorite athlete? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self and an expression of your personality, with Oakley, there's more than meets the eye. Here at Knicks Film School, our motto is look good, play good and that's why oakley is the perfect partner for us not a one of us leaves the house in the morning without our oakley's and listen up because it's officially almost summer which means you need to upgrade your sunglass game now check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair today also did you know that oakley even offers prism lens technology now i know what you're thinking gmac what the hell is that Well, it's a technology solely used by Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? Head on over to Oakley.com and check it out for yourself. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses. That'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to Oakley.com for more information today.
2: Basically, what I was saying was this is not deflate gate. This is not sign stealing. There are no trash cans involved. This is very blatant out-in-the-open level stuff. Um, it's illegal screens. It's dirty fouls. It's, uh, if you watch the first-round series against the Bucks, Gabe Vincent tried taking out Chris Middleton's legs on one play. Um, like That's not okay, right? But no one even talked about it. That clip didn't even go viral. No one knew about it. I might sound crazy talking about it now. And if you go back and watch game one between New York and Miami, just watch Gabe Vincent as he guards Jalen Brunson. It's a lot of non-basketball plays. It's a lot of lacrosse, hockey, American football, football kind of moves. And I just think that It's not basketball, right? But here's the thing. If the National Basketball Association is going to openly allow it to happen, then doesn't that, by default, make it part of basketball? So I am not here to justify or excuse the plays that I agree are malintentioned, definitely not a word, from the Miami Heat. But what I am here to do is to say that this is nothing new. For fans who are frustrated, who feel like uh the heat are cheating their way, what Where was that energy in the bubble? Right? They were playing the same kind of basketball. Um I feel like Pat Riley and and um things like that like not things. I mean like events like that um, over time. Like, yeah, there's tension between the Knicks and Heat. So Knicks fans kind of sounded a little childish when pointing out the illegal screens because no one really from the Buck side of things was too loud about it. Um, But this is the third series in a row this season where... The fan, a fan base has complained and I had a tweet go viral and it was like it's really funny to watch fan bases one at a time realize how illegal Autobio's screens are because it's not even close to being legal like he sets like four screens at once and just kind of like bunny hops <laughs> like I, it's funny man it's funny and so if he's going to be allowed to do that for oh so long for oh so many years then in my opinion at this point you can't all I'm saying is you can't get too mad at the heat at Autobio at Lowry at Vincent for playing the way they do because it hasn't been discouraged it hasn't been outwardly encouraged, but it's been allowed for three seasons now and it's nothing new for Miami, so they're a great team it's a lot of talented players they play in a way that gives them an edge that they very easily arguably should not have but No one's taking it away from them. And so, so long as the only people complaining about it are fans, that'll, it'll be treated as if it's a fan complaint. You know, there are, there are examples of this all over. Um, And even when people are right, if they get grouped in with a group that's loud and ignorant and whatever, they're going to be, it's going to be assumed that they're wrong. And so, I'm sure Nick fans know well what other fan bases think of Nick fans. Now, you can have a genius, and I mean genius level Nick fan, someone like XJ here at KFS or someone like Benji here at KFS explain something. At the end of the day, it's going to be, "Ah, you're a Nick fan. Of course you see it." They're they're going to detract from your opinion no matter what. And so that's why no one really cared when Nick fans complained about the screens. Then Boston fans started playing them, and they were like, whoa, whoa, hold on. What's up with these screens? It's like, well, you're a little late to that party. Your chance to do something about that was when Autobio was setting illegal screens against you two years ago. You know, I just um,
5: – yeah, where's,
2: where's, where, where's, where's the Mike Malone energy? When's a coach going to come out and just straight up say, Autobio is allowed to play football out there, and you should watch him more carefully? If, I, if it's happened and I, and I missed it, then I'm wrong, and the league really doesn't care. But I don't think any one player or coach has come out and been like, this happens. Now, there's a clip from last night's game of Jalen Brown kind of checking Kyle Lowry after a really just like there's no way that was a basketball play. He was literally just trying to rip the guy's arm off. Um, And I hate sounding like that. I hate sounding like a conspiracy theorist with my tinfoil crown on. But like you got to watch the video. It's publicly available. You can see what he did. We have you on film, Kyle. And it's like, for me, if the league sees that, the officials see that, and their their instinct is to not care and to let it happen, then you can't keep blaming them for it. Now, I'll bring this back full circle before I let Jaden talk, and then we got to hear from... Higher power from Fergus, but uh, for me personally, I think there's a Tom Thibodeau-ism here, a Tibbs-ism, as I like to call them, or as I guess the whole Knick community likes to call them. I don't want to sound like I invented that. I didn't. Um, basically, he always will come out at the end of a game if the Knicks didn't get a good whistle. And he'll get asked a question by a member of the infamous, evil New York media, uh, which only losers are a part of. I don't know who would ever be part of that as I look in the mirror in my home. Um, but basically, he'll get asked a question that's like, hey, what did you think of the officiating tonight? Was it tough to win a game when you're not getting any calls like that? Trying to bait him into paying the 25 grand and, and handing over uh, a newspaper headline. And I, the way he answers every time is really impressive to me because it's not – some answer where he's trying to be all like, oh, well, you know, they outplayed us and they're the better team today. So, you know, he's very honest. And he says, oh, well, listen, the game was being called a certain way. They adjusted to that very quickly. We kept playing like the game was eventually going to be called what we felt was the right way. And you just have to give credit to them for adjusting in a way that we did not over the course of the entire game. And and sometimes he he calls out certain players. Sometimes he'll say, well, uh, you know, they kept going to the rim and getting foul calls um, when they were selling them. And we would go to the rim and we wouldn't sell them. And so we didn't get any calls. And and he just very honestly explains why his team did not benefit from officiating the way the other team did. And he usually sees it as an indictment on his own team that they could not adjust as professional athletes to the way a game was being called. Um. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put forward the same logic here. I, I think I think we're at the point now. How many games has Miami played in this postseason alone? Are we nearing the twenty mark? Five,
1: like, ten, five, six, and about and six yesterday. So that's twelve plus five, seventeen. So right, eighteen so, to eighteen tomorrow.
2: Yeah. So they'll have played eighteen games in the playoffs after tomorrow. If your answer after that game is. Well, why aren't they caught? Call- you're not. You're missing it. You're missing all of it. You're missing all of the points.
1: Um, so yeah, yeah. At that, this yeah, at this point, just, it's, yeah. Like at this point, it doesn't make sense to be whining about officiating. And I like the the Mike Malone um reference you made because Mike Malone was just like, and I think it was Game Three, like when they weren't getting any call, he just like you know just keep playing, keep playing, doesn't matter. Just like listen, we know what it is. And also the other thing, the reason why no one calls everybody out, because you know what? Everyone else, like, listen, everyone sets movement screens. Like, the idea that the Miami Heat are the only team that sets legal picks is ridiculous. Like, Draymond's been setting movement screens for years. like I I was just about to say,
2: maybe it's a crazy analogy to go this far, but um, it's very realistic and true, so I'm just going to say it. There is a reason why no other NBA owner came out against Robert Sarver when all of the – Shitstorm was raining down on his terrible words and actions there's a reason no one else said anything it's because a lot of them are the same kind of people and they know that if they start slinging shit at starver he's gonna open up his file cabinet and pull out everything he's got on them and so it was a nasty ugly situation where like everyone else knew what sarver did was wrong but also that they've done the same stuff and don't want to get caught like he did so they're going to stay quiet cuz that benefits them and it's like yeah that's it's, it's if you're guilty of something that you're about to scream at someone else for doing you know maybe not not too smart that's why i uh that's why i, I just don't lie cuz <laughs> then you don't have to get caught up in them but like i don't know but the, the notion that people can be perfect is a a, a far one. Not to get too deep. No, different. I mean, yeah, I'm also not excusing like the worst human on the planet, and Robert Sarber. I hope you don't think that was no. I don't. That. And like, I think that you guys. I think you made
1: a very good point because it's very similar to when uh, Donald Sterling got removed, and when the vote was out, and Mark Cuban came on set. We're setting a very dangerous precedent. And everyone was like, hey, what do you mean? Oh, but, like, he knew what was up. He was, like, basically saying, was like, wait a minute. You think he's the only one that's like this? Like, he said it without saying it. Um, so, to bring everything full circle, yeah. Every team that the legal movement picks, every team has legal screens, every team has a little chicanery to draw offensive fouls. Even on our team, what do we call it? Brunson? Like, and the front, like, that's what we do. Every team does it. So at some point, you know, they're going to call it. You know, they're not going to call it, strap up and play. Um, but in regards to like the, the going back to Miami and Boston, like, well, um, I do not. Tomorrow is going to be chaos. And I personally am not going to make a victory, make a victory lap for this. Like, if, like, like you know, I'm not using – I'm not going to use tomorrow the more victory that if Miami wins, it means, oh, we lost to the team that went to the finals, oh, if Boston wins, it's like, oh, see, we told you, Miami was the shit. It's like, listen, we lost. If if one of the Knicks showed up in game, in game six, the Knicks might still be playing basketball, and I think that's what I think bothers the Knicks fans the most. But, you know, so is life. Um and the reason why I wanted to talk about Boston tears and Miami tears is because I had just been the trade machines and the spot tracks and the cap man and, 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 the, and the discussions of players uh, on the timeline just made my head spin. So I was like, you know, what, let's actually not talk. Let's talk about something mixed adjacent for once. Um, all right. It's three forty-seven. Uh, if there's no one else, uh, I will say this. If anyone wants to come up and roast me for my Carmelo Anthony take, Uh, on the Casual Friday podcast, feel free to come up and do so. If not, I think we can call this early because it is Memorial Day weekend and my son wants to go play in this inflatable pool. So
6: Jaden, you had anything last week? Yeah, Jaden. I mean, Sean took it with the Brunson stuff uh, because we do the same thing. I mean, Brunson gets the the screens and he gets the little rip throughs. I mean, I, I, I help coach a high school team. I teach it at that level. Um, so, I mean, I'm not, I'm, nobody's perfect, you know, when it comes to their team and, and all the, the calls and yeah, you, you gotta play, you gotta play how the game is called. And I think that all in all, if you think officiating is the reason you lost, um, you're not putting enough blame on the team's own performance. So, um, you gotta play if you don't want officiating to ruin your game, uh, you gotta be better than the other team and win by enough that it doesn't matter. Um, that that's that's all that I got. Great points by you, Chris. You you both took every last thing that I had in my mind. I apologize.
2: Well, sorry, but
6: thanks. <laughs>
2: I apologize. Um, all right, so... Uh, get the ribbon out. Get the scissors out. Let's put a bow on Yeah, so, high,
1: all right, so, higher power, you're going to take us out. Um, the floor is yours. Um, so, you'll go, and then I'm going to let Chris take us home, because I'm going to go be a dad outside of the deck. So, um, See
6: you right, later. Boom, 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 boom. Back in the room. I just want to make this quick and shut, man. I want What's to say, going on, man? I want to say fuck Miami. Fuck Boston. I really don't care who wins. I hope Denver beat their ass. And as far as my team, I hope we make the best moves possible for us to compete and go further next year. That's all. Let's go, Knicks. Have a good day, what everybody. A great,
2: what a great set of statements. From Fergus Donald right there. Thank you, man, for popping out. We appreciate the support. We appreciate the energy, too. Heard you. Um, Thanks, everyone, for coming out today. Thank you for dealing with our technical issues. Sean and I still, to this second, have no idea what the hell happened. But uh, thanks for bearing with us. Thanks for popping out to space number two. Brian, I'm going to let you up. Give us a last-second little something. Let's see, let's see. Will spaces work for me. Brian, what's going on, man? Hey, can you hear me? Yes, sir. You got time for a quick hitter before we're out of here. No,
7: I have no hate towards the Heat. 100% hate for the Celtics. I think the Celtics, long term, are way more dangerous to the Knicks now than the Heat. I think the Knicks learned a lesson and learned a lot in that Heat thing and they'll beat the Heat next couple of seasons. The Celtics, I think it's really dangerous if Tatum gets a chip. Like, that's a team that if they were about to lose, they were about to get swept. They were thinking about blowing it up. I think all that was positive towards the Knicks. I think the Celtics are going to be the big thing that's going to be in the way for the Knicks to get a chip. And that's why I'm rooting very, very hard for the Heat. Also, the Heat reminded me of the early 90s Knicks, which had players that they got that they didn't draft and they, and they were dirty as fuck. That was kind of the Knicks back in the 90s at the Heat now. But my more worry is about the Celtics winning a chip. Because once you get that chip, once Tatum realizes how to win, it's going to be tough. I hear you, man. First of all, thank you,
2: Brian. But second of all, totally agreed with your sentiments there. I do think Boston, the far greater threat over the next couple years. You want to look to one thing alone? It's father time. Look up on Google right now, Jimmy Butler age. After that, Jason Tatum age. Those two search results will tell you a lot. And so that is why Brian is correct. I do have to say, though, that I think there's a reason for the similarity between the current Heat and the 90s Knicks. His name is Patrick. Um, I, you know, I think I, I'm pretty sure he has a quote about, like, clawing and scratching the other team until they give up because you're just going to out-tough the crap out of them. Um. Yeah. There's no coincidence that those two teams, uh, the era of the Knicks in the '90s, the, the Heat now play similarly. It's because of Patty Riley, everyone in here's favorite. Um, and so, with that, I will say thank you for tuning in, thank you for leaving comments, or for coming up to the stage, for bringing the energy, for bringing the heat. No pun intended. Um, we really appreciate you guys. It's uh, it's kind of awesome to be able to come on here every week and just talk some ball with you guys. So thanks for being here. Um, if you are in this audience, you are, like, really greatly appreciated. If you're listening after on a streaming service of some kind, you are really greatly appreciated. Have a great damn Memorial Day weekend. Just, like, enjoy yourself. Hang with the family. Hang with your friends. Walk your dog an extra time today if you got one. I don't know. Just go get some sun. Drink some water. Maybe some sangria, too. Well, you know, get get it going. It's summertime. All right. Before I get myself in trouble, it's time for me to sign out. For Sean with the W, I'm Chris Percy. I'm thanking you for tuning in to KFS Study Hall, telling you to stay tuned to the next film school social channels where you, will, where you will get all the updates you need on what the latest content we have coming out is. I'm going to throw a shameless plug in here and say go support Draft Class. My podcast, Season 2, Episode 1, is out now. It's called Back to the Future. It's a retroactive look at the youngest Knicks as draft prospects, where I would take them now, what I thought of them back then, all of the above. Shout out, you guys. Have a good one. Peace out.